This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I believe with every fiber of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown. Brexit Day is now 16 days away and we have got an awful lot of things to clear up before April 12th. This week, we have a resplendent return to form from Express.co.uk video news editor and Brexit sage Thomas Hunt. Hello. Hello. And a world first, Express.co.uk's head of news, Paul Baldwin, has joined us. Hello. Hello. Guys, don't be intimidated. I know you're both big fans. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> is this the first, this might be the first episode you actually listen to. No, it's absolutely not. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, okay, so there's actually quite a lot happening, isn't there? Uh, we've just had an EU plenary, we've got PMQs. Uh, and then we've got a lot of indicative votes this evening, which I am very excited about. And then the future will hangs in the balance and maybe Theresa May resigns at five. OK, Thomas, we just walked in. The plenary just finished. What was the vibe in? Where were they? Brussels or? Strasbourg? They were in Strasbourg. Strasbourg, lovely. They seem, so again, the whole EU point that has run through is they're not changing. They're not going to make any additions the deal is the deal, and it's up to us. So again, it was a call, but I would a call for the UK to buck their ideas up. The stuff from Tusk was quite sweet, though, wasn't it? About he's that they're fighting for for UK Remainers, even if no one here is. I thought that was quite heartwarming. Well, that's, but he also then peddled the fake figures of the million. At the march, How which many has were, already well, you know, Paul Baldwin was on that march. And, maybe, and, accident, <laughs> maybe accidentally. And, and the five million uh, <laughs> in the online, um, the online debate, and, and just because you're outraged online doesn't mean you're right. And for Tusk to bring that into a serious political debate is ridiculous. But there, it's emotional stuff. It, but it's already probably backfired because Rhys Mogg has been on the Today program. It following. Tusk's remarks this morning saying it's classic EU anti-democracy and that they will never oh, learn. So oh. I just thought he was reaching out. It's a, it's a bit rich for uh, Rhys Mogg to talk about anti-democracy when he runs the ERG group, which has been running the country for the last two year, <laughs> and a half years. Oh, exactly. But that was Letwin. <laughs> <laughs> he must be really enjoying himself, mustn't he, at the moment? Prime Minister for the day. Um, OK, so, so what? They're, they're just fed up nothing's changed is that kind of they, they again they're very they like the sound of the indicative votes which also I do I think this is great probably haven't read the history of the last time indicative votes were used and I think they do see that no I think the summit last week was very much they feel no deal is off the table mm. and I think they seem a bit of a sigh of relief today around the plenary I think the indicative vote is, remember this is 48 hours before Britain was supposed to leave the EU and it feels like Parliament or the or shambolic shower of MPs are playing eeny, meeny, miny, mo with <laughs> seven or who knows by the end of the day, maybe 10 different options, 12 different options, who knows. 
and none of them or none of them make any sense they all make perfect sense what are you any, talking about there's been one game in town from the go get which and, is what Theresa May's which is, ter- which is Theresa May's now compromised deal, which has been compromised by uh, people who are now today capitulating. I'm talking about Rhys Mogg and probably Boris Johnson and, uh, um, and their friends. Um, so what they've spent the last two you know, bit years doing is making it more difficult for Britain to negotiate a way out of the EU. And in the end, have capitulated and will go along with the deal that we've got, which is less than perfect, as we all know. Or... Are we not just, re- is it not, what do you think, Thomas, actually, you go first, you know more about this. No, it was, uh, that's, I mean, that does link, we had the the nice um, combined image yesterday of Ian Duncan Smith and Boris Johnson, mm. who were on stage at exactly the same time at two different events. Boris was being booed. Being booed, but, <laughs> but being asked how they stand on Theresa May's deal and both being rather sheepish about it. Ian Duncan Smith refused to be drawn, but saying, discussions are ongoing and actually I think if you look at the list from the checkers lunch on Sunday that so that's Ian Duncan Smith and Jacob Rees-Mogg and Boris Johnson who have all pretty much changed their position overnight and then that means we're yet to hear from Steve Baker Mm. who's another one of the ERG stalwarts David Davis and Dominic Rabb so so she's got a few more she's got well if they're if there's something going on behind the scenes at the moment and they're thinking, okay, we need... So I, it sounds like from the noise that they are saying, if she leaves and if she sets an agreement that and a date with them rather than by the next election, if she says on June the 1st, vote for my deal and I'll, I'll and be I'm gone. Off. Yeah. I think that's what they're... But there are, there are so many X factors and unknowns even now as I say, so close to, uh, at some point we have to leave, we're supposed to leave in 48 hours. But there are are still so many unknowns, it's ridiculous. I was talking to um, a friend of mine who who works, I think we probably describe the person as a Whitehall Mandarin, who is very close to Theresa May. (laughs) I didn't think we were allowed to say that. (laughs) You tell people for writing that. In in newspaper terms, that's kind of the shorthand we would use. He's very close to Theresa May, Bruce Theresa May. Um, and I asked him, because I knew I was coming on here yesterday, for a steer on what is going on. And uh, he texted me back very quickly and said, I can't say the first word, but the second words were, alone knows. And the first word began with F. <laughs> so, oh, good. Uh, and that's, that's at the very top level <laughs> yeah. um, of, of the, the corridors of power. And I think that probably gives you, tells you everything you need to know about just how well steered and how well managed this whole operation has been. Yeah. Uh, well, then, so maybe that's why these indicative votes, maybe you shouldn't be so quick to dismiss them, is because this is then kind of taking it away from a shower of ineptitude in number 10. And it actually par- it, it then means that we have Parliament can decide on the type of. No, it's giving it back to the shower. No, I mean the showers are great. I don't even think I've. I think the mistake that we all, that Britain made when they uh, voted to leave the EU, um, was to forget that we were then entrusting it to a bunch of people who have shown themselves to be inept, self-serving, and in some cases absolutely venal on the way to the exit of to go getting Britain out of the EU. Um, and that's why we are where we are now, not because of any, not because we ever made the wrong decision or anything like that. We just left it 
to people who are incapable of carrying it out. Right. But so if we kind of broaden the talent pool, we take it to the House of Commons, which really is the great and the good of, you know, the best we have to offer as a society. And we can now decide on what kind of Brexit we actually want, because on the ballot, it wasn't hard, soft, Norway plus Canada, was it? Like we, there wasn't, it, it was a binary decision. The definition of Brexit, we, yeah. she, Theresa May and Nick Timothy decided, didn't they, with the red lines and, and that's been quite hard for us to achieve. Whereas, so has it? That's kind of that's been the struggle of the last two years. Is that the deal she wanted was kind of impossible to square with, you know, borders. Yes, but I think I mean the two years ago these indicative votes, which are purely just a way of they've been so handy. Don't you think? Would have been yes. A they really might good have idea. given. Do you think, Paul? An idea. Oh, you're still shaking your head. I, I, it's possible. Any information would have been better than no information. <laughs> so yes. But, I mean, you can strike three of them out straight away. Which are you striking? Come on. Um, they're getting rid of Article 50 altogether. Um, Angus McNeil. Which, which just can't happen. Um, but you can't. <laughs> the, the, the Permanent Customs Union, uh, again, very questionable, because that's basically staying is in that, the Is that the Corbyn one? Yeah. Right. Um, which, which, again, I mean, the, the whole thing has been... Ken Clark is also leaving the EU with cust- with the customs union, isn't it? So, so and you like there's him? A, there's, a, there's a couple of variations. So the the daft in in simple terms, the daft bit is at the moment. I think there's 16 yeah. in total that people have come up with. Yeah. Berker's going to choose six or seven yeah. today, which will anger immediately half the house because they'll have thought something they concocted overnight was a great idea. Yeah. And then they'll have the six or seven options. But the daft thing of the whole process is they can they could tick or put their cross in the box of all six. So you could theoretically vote for yes, leaving yeah. the European Union with no deal and revoking Article 50 and staying in. So, but, but surely he but he's not going to pick, or is the or will he pick wildly? I, I think different. you'd have to have a you have to have yeah, a different. You can't true. have a, you couldn't have. At the moment, we've got three various customs union options mm-hmm. from a bespoke one to the staying in the remaining one. I like to, Common Market 2.0. Well, exactly. <laughs> but it's you can't have... A, yeah. a, half of them, if you put them on the spot, wouldn't be able to tell you what any of that actually meant. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, they will turn around today, but the key part of all of it, and Andrea Ledsom this morning has... Uh, reiterated it on the Today programme yes. and said that these are non-binding agreements. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, Theresa May can just ignore them. She can ignore them, but of, co- of course. But it would just be a great idea to get a he- get, a, get an idea, guys, of what you're all thinking, wouldn't it? There's a, there's a, you make a, a good point that um, had we been having this debate two years ago, these would have been um, really useful. good collaborative ideas, yeah. which is exactly what should have happened. This is such a serious issue for the nation, for the future of Britain, that what we really needed was like a wartime cabinet, um, mm. a cross-party wartime cabinet, where everyone came to the same conclusion in the best interest of, of Britain, not in the best interest of Jeremy Corbyn or Theresa May or Rhys Mogg or Boris's political ambition. And a lot of this, a lot of the venality has been self-serving politics all the way through and nothing to do with putting the interests of Britain or the voters first but putting political careers uh, and political ambition and political dogma first I mean are there any of these indicative votes that you think look quite sexy that could work 
any of them that are half sensible. Nicky Morgan's are ridiculous. Replace the backstop with technical solutions. I think we've had this conversation every week for two years. We can't build lasers Tom, in the sky. Exactly, as Tom was saying. And then it says, but it's unclear what the technical solutions are. Unless yeah. somebody says, and this is the technical solution, here's how we do it. How can you possibly make an informed choice and vote on that? Well, yeah. So, yeah, so hopefully that will get, get picked. Yeah. There was a, an SMP MPS that compared it to having... Um, a series of options of gin and tonics at the bar and being asked which gin you would like (laughs) and then being told that they're not sure which gin and then they just end up with getting a scotch instead. I suspect most MPs would have a better better judgment on which gin to pick than which of these options to pick. And it it is exactly... Taxpayer subsidised gin, incidentally. (laughs) The the rumour at the moment is that uh, a version of the Labour motion for a customs union so yeah. remaining Plus alignment. in word is would is thought to be the most popular. Okay. So that, that do you know any, what details do you have about that? So I, I've got customs union plus alignment on future EU rights and regulations. So what does that mean? Well, the the big thing is it the customs union comes with freedom of movement. Oh no, Paul! And, yeah. he's, already sh- he's already shaking his head. <laughs> and and then we have, and then we set that, then went back eighteen months regarding the argument of. Red lines were they correct? But freedom of movement was not on the ballot. We didn't. We that was not. I. It might have been one of the themes of the vote. It might be one of the themes, but it wasn't. It wasn't any explicit. I'm. It wasn't explicit, was it? Well, Cameron's got a lot to answer for as well. I mean, yeah. But um, it was clearly an intrinsic part um, of of the question. I mean, maybe we should have had a, a full exam paper type. For a list of like questions why are you doing this? But box, for everyone but that was voting about freedom, there were other people. There were people who voted about fish, weren't there? Or you know, sovereignty, that concept. It wasn't we everyone... got to those discussions. I mean, yeah. exactly. Those I can't coming, wait. Those to look fish, al- to. fish alone is going to be a great sub-series of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's um, yeah, but uh, they the the basic cornerstones: um, freedom of movement, freedom to go out and find your own markets. They they are absolutely implicit, and and to say that it wasn't made clear is to be deliberately obtuse about the whole thing, if you ask me. I think that yeah, was deliberately yeah, we, obtuse. What do you mean? <laughs> we, can talk about, we can talk about, you know, the, the, there, are, there are basic cornerstones implicit in coming out of the EU, and it's basically having making decisions over our own uh, legal affairs, making decisions over our own economy, and making decisions on who enters and leaves the country as well. And, mm. and to say that uh, that comes as a shock to anyone... Uh, is just disingenuous. Okay. But we also didn't vote to leave the European Union to put a hard border between, you know, on the island of Ireland, did well, we? I, and that, I, wasn't, that wasn't implicit either, was I, it, Paul? I, I did say this at the, right at the very beginning of this process, that it will just come down to that at the end. Where were you? Why uh, did you say it louder, for heaven's sake? <laughs> I was saying, to anyone, to anyone who would listen to my political wisdom and insight. Um, but yes, that is, that is another uh, genuinely intractable... Uh, problem and it it was interesting that the EU, uh, if it, you know, if there's a no deal, if it doesn't go that um, uh, one way or the other, the EU will have to solve that problem on their own, which is quite interesting. Um, and they've already been talking to um, various parties about how they solve that. And it is interesting that they seem to be erring towards we'll stick a wall up because we're more concerned about the uh, the EU's inter- internal well, market. Yeah. Than your um, Irish and Northern Irish politics, which is which is interesting in itself. But I think understandable, don't you think? No, I mean I went up. No, I'm not suggesting it's like 
ignore the 400 years of sectarian violence on the border but as in <laughs> as in I've caught like it, that it, that's a you that's a to do with the, the United Kingdom isn't it I think that makes sense that they would be more concerned with preserving the EU than they are about fi- helping they, us with they, our- they could be more helpful around solutions and they could come up with Ireland itself as a separate they they could have various things in place at ports that don't involve a large border but that's like, they're not their wall. problem they didn't ask for this did they well, it will become their problem very rapidly oh. if they stick a wall up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, agreed, yeah. I think sort of the fewer walls, the better, probably. Yes, I think that would be the worst. Okay, so, so Paul, you're not a fan of the Corbyn plan. It does surprise me, actually. Normally, always chanting his name. Now, are the, um, the Corbyn plan, what is it today? Remind me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's gone for a soft we're Brexit. Doing soft, we're doing soft Brexit. Well, it, it's the whole, again... It's, it protects workers' rights, which you're always championing. Well, clearly, obviously. The, um, the, the Labour Party um, policy is, uh, is Brexit. Uh, they've always been, for, politi- for historical reasons, um, ag- against the EU, not for the EU, which comes as a shock to um, anyone under the age of about 40, which, is, um, which always amuses me. It's been, it was steeped in the history of Ted Heath and Harold Wilson when we went into the... Um, common market in the first place. Heath was a huge proponent of the common market and thus because our politics are uh, adverse, you know, adversarial, uh, Wilson had to take the opposite stance. So Labour have always been against the EU and that remains their party policy. I mean, apart thus, from between like, when was Blair? Like 92 to 2000. I mean, they were a little pro the EU well, for a bit, course, weren't that's they? That's what it, it runs. It seems to run, it's counterintuitive, it seems to run counter to everything else that the Labour Party thinks and does, but it still remains party policy. And so it leaves Corbyn uh, kind of making things up as he goes along and saying one thing and doing another and where he is at the moment on soft Brexit is kind of no Brexit at all really tying oh poor <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a Brexit it's, it's definitely a Brexit come on in, in name only in I'm name afraid. only yeah, yeah. Green, it'll back yeah, to that yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the other ones I've got as ones to watch would be the straightforward customs union but I think we've dealt with that or the idea of a sort of Norway plus and you've got some theories about what that means that right the worst of that's worse than in the majority of people's lives. Why is it bad? They, they in, have a lovely life in Norway. So all glossy. If, if we if we were talking earlier about what we think are the fundamental reasons for people voting to leave the European Union, one of which is the ability to have a say on your own laws and things that govern you. And Norway do not have a say in the bits that the EU thrust upon them. And I. I could just you can see the front pages now when some directive comes down <laughs> from, they, from they are from in Brussels. The, the awful phrase, a rule taker, not a rule maker. Right. And and suddenly we all have to drive at thirty miles an hour on motorways because that's the new uh, <laughs> and, and suddenly it's Oh my say. god, and the bananas, I know. Oh I no, know. I was reading uh, this uh, <laughs> <But> we <laughs> had a story this morning that the EU want and may uh, change British summertime to European time. I think that would be a great idea, though. Well, the, I'm sure that has been an argument that has been going on. For but, centuries. Uh, for, well, for, for, since British summertime was introduced, yeah. I guess. But um, we don't want it to be their time. We want it to be our, our decision. Time. This and is our, our time. If we make that decision, we'll make that decision. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah, oh, gosh. In the interest of the people who live in Britain. <laughs> uh, what about a second ref? Uh, oh, Corbyn's back in it again today. I see. Is that part of? Is that part of his? It's just snuck in as a, as a. It seems to be uh, part of Corbyn's plan now. 
to tacitly oh or, or obviously back a second referendum. What do you think would happen if we had a second referendum? What do you think the result would be? And would there be rioting on the streets? Another million people in London after the million that we had this weekend just gone. <laughs> the million. <laughs> I was in London on Saturday and if there was a million people, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a banana. There was about... <laughs> it, was, it was quite busy. I'll give it that. <laughs> But it was, it was, it was, it was not even close to a million. Just keep saying the number, and it'll become true. Um, what's uh, what's the question again? Second, second ref, like what's going to happen? <laughs> the the interesting. What would, what would who, what would the result be? Do you think? I I think we'd be exactly back to where we were. Do you reckon? To, I think it I would split. be a very very close. But I think. It, it, give or take, one side of it would edge it slightly, but it would be. Probably even closer than it was before. I mean, the the event we were at last night, people were asked to put, raise their hands regarding how they voted, then raise their hand if they've changed their mind. And I think there were three people who had changed their mind one way or the other. Now, you're not that... And that can be extrapolated across the whole country. There are not... Yeah, people uh, voted for a reason, and those reasons still exist. Right. One way or the other. So I, I think... You will have various people championing, oh, Gary at the end of the road was a Remainer and is now a Leaver, or Barb, his wife Barbara has switched some the other way. But and some of them can now vote. Uh, yeah. I have to say that Circle I of was life stuff. Um, very adamant that uh, a second referendum would be uh, a very undemocratic and anti-democratic move. But uh, my view on that has softened just because of the deep complexity of the whole thing mm. and it's not true to say that people were too stupid to make a decision in the first place uh, as some of the uh, detractors on the Remainer side were saying but um, there were there were issues which weren't apparent then that are apparent now and this is such a massively important issue for the future of Great Britain that I, I am coming around to sympathising and thinking yeah, okay, if it takes a second referendum, then they'll let's have it. And then at least this time, everything's out in the well, as much as it as much as we know is out in the open. Um but do yeah, you let's not, do it. Do you not then just have a campaign so say, I don't know, would it be six weeks long the next referendum yeah, campaign? And it and would then, be really costly. And it, you'd get the same to you you could go in at this point thinking, now we know a lot more, Ireland's at the front of everyone's minds, we've got this and that. And then someone writes a slogan on a wall. Suddenly we're back to someone debating uh, a, stay, a phrase and a catch. Yeah, and yeah. and actually, well, six it, weeks down the line, I might turn to you and say, oh, do you remember the Irish issue? In, and we'll in, say, some, oh, in, in some ways, you're <laughs> describing uh, the nature of politics there. So I don't think you can change that. But I just do think it would it would silence a lot of, um, a lot of the, 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 the arguments that are up in the air at the moment because we'd... No one would be able to come back and say, "Well, you didn't know what you were voting for. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like that." Um, and if and if we're, you know, if you are um, adamant that you're on the side of right the first time, um, then we'll we'll get the same result the second time. Or if we don't, then it wasn't right the first time. And, and I think things have changed so much in the last two and a half years that there's nothing. I mean, we have a general election every four years. It's not. It's not like it's we're having another election two years down the line. Oh, sorry, two weeks down the line. There's been a big chunk of time between the the referendum and what would be the next referendum. And, and I, I do think it's such a big issue that um, 
that there's a lot to be said for it. Do you think there's an appetite in the comments for it, though? Because everyone keeps abstaining every time they get the chance to mention a second vote. It's kind of like not that the timing isn't right. They don't want to do it yet. I think I actually think in the wider country, it's not a very popular choice. And I actually think a lot of MPs for all of our comments to say they're out of touch and they don't have a clue what's going on. I think a lot of them are very aware that it would almost be career suicide i.e. independent. The People's movement. Vote campaign has a lot of momentum. There is a lot of momentum. Like, They're a very well-funded group that have, uh, that have been very, yeah. <laughs> made a lot of noise. Yeah. I, I think they, if the par- MPs realise that if they aren't seen to have enacted something along in regards to the first vote, hmm. they they pretty much don't have a leg to stand on regarding any argument they make about democracy and how how we go forward mm. and future elections and manifestos. They, I, th- I think there is a feeling that some, something needs, they need to hold something up as a, this was an yeah, effort. Yeah. And then if maybe a few months or a year later, they turn around and say, ooh, not working too well regarding its impact on education or our budget or the economy as a whole. And then say, now I feel I've got the confidence to go forward and support mm. a second vote or a people's vote. Maybe but, just no more referendums then. Well, Ever. that's a whole other argument. <laughs> about, that's another yeah. podcast again. <laughs> the, the interesting bit is I think it does then flow on to whether actually... the, the So two years ago when you're saying a lot's changed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the EU have also changed greatly in that they've become... I would say they're a lot more confident than they were, than they were two years ago. They have... Confident or competent? Confident, oh, right. because They're still I, as incompetent. Though. Uh, well, yeah. I feel they've, I feel they've got the, the Greek situation has been managed slightly yeah. in that loans are being repaid, and they feel that was a big two years ago. That was a huge worrying issue for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. and actually, you have now the EU army bit creeping in, and they feel a lot more confident standing up and saying be it Macron or Verhofstadt, that this is something um, that we should do. They've also handled Brexit much better than we have. Like they, yes, they, 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 their approach yeah. was far better than ours. They have. Like, I mean, the fact that they, they had kept 27 together. countries yeah. on point and on message, I think whoever's been doing the PR... Yeah. Uh, a nice... I don't think all the countries have been on point and on message. Uh, but think... the commission who have been negotiating but Brexit the, have, have well, been the, the, brilliant. The, the commission, because of the way... Um, there are some question marks over Theresa May... Um, but a there few, are also, I think, yeah. <laughs> but there are also some question marks over the way she she went in there with one hand tied behind her back. She 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 was lacking in support from her own party. Never mind the, the, um, yeah. the across the other side of the house. Um, and the EU knew this from the go get, and it just knew it just had to dig its heels in, and it would get everything it wanted. Yeah, so they've handled it far better than us because we went in. With one, we we went in kind of not prepared. We triggered two. Oh, from there, yeah, yeah. Sorry, from that. Yeah, yeah. They've, so yeah. they've handled it super well. Yeah. So yeah, you're, it's a great. It'd be great to be a member of an organisation. <laughs> I just think like saying that, no, maybe, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't, no, you can't. not exactly fantastic diplomacy. Um, but yeah, they certainly they, probably ended up with some of what they wanted. But I, yeah, and they need to make sure this doesn't. They don't want to, this. You know, they can't afford to have this happening in other countries can they in Europe well they don't want it to happen in other countries in Europe, well that was so, their like, big fear obviously and yeah the, and I the, think they've kind of the put general people off of, for a while um, what slightly derisively is called uh, or dismissively is called populism but it's actually people just saying hang on um, we're not we're not we're not liking what you're doing in our name anymore 
Yeah, so we're going to do something mad so gonna, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to make you listen to us. Yeah. Um, you touched on it there. What is hap- what's the future for Theresa May? Is she going at five? Is she ever going? Someone said last night she's really good at getting to the end of the day, didn't they? Yeah, which is a kind of sad way to be summed yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. She, she, she will. I I do think. She, all encompassing now in her mind is I need to get this deal through. Her deal. She. I don't think she cares, and I think actually whatever the whole of Parliament on these indicative votes could vote six hundred one way on one decision, and have a uniform yeah. voice of this is it, and she would still turn around and say, "Vote for my deal." So you think it's my notorious MV three? So she she is so focused on that that I do actually think all the all the calls for her to put a date down and say, right. And I think she might think this deal is is it. This is my legacy. This is me as Prime Minister. And uh, I think most I think most people have a begrudging respect for Theresa May. And I also think most people way soon, <laughs> long, long ago would have said, sod you lot, I'm off, I think. I certainly mm. would. Um, but I don't... And there, there are obviously calls for her to 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 move aside but they seem to be serving the vaulting ambition of certain politicians in the Tory party rather than the British interest because to put a new person in who clearly will not be as steeped in this as the person who's been in charge of it for the last two and a bit years would be would be crazy if this was a business no way would you do that but to be honest we'd have gone out of business a long time ago <laughs> exactly, yeah <laughs> Okay, so, oh, so, but but then who next, or well, if... That's where it just descends into... Do you think we'll have, would you rather an election, do we have an election then? I think they'd have to, they would have their internal leader election, but then, yeah, I think they, there's no way you could yeah, go on the... Yeah, country, I think, for sure. Yeah, and because you'd have to strike, and uh, currently they'd have to come into power and then strike a new deal with the DUP. I think if... Uh, if uh, <laughs> yeah, it runs out in June. If Oliver Letwin were put into number 10, there would be blood on the streets and revolution. I hadn't realised how mad Oliver Letwin was with his letting the burglars. I hadn't realised any of those stories. He's quite he's, something, um, isn't he? I think we, uh, in, uh, in newspaper terms, I think we say he's gaff-prone. Gaff-prone? Yes, quite. <laughs> which is quite a charitable uh, description of, of Oliver Letwin, I think. Yeah, well, he's having he's having his moment, but then both so are you two today as well. <laughs> <laughs> all gaff prone people get get their day in the sun. Um, okay, so what's going to happen, chaps? We're going to have all these votes tonight. We're going to get very excited, but what MV three passes next week? We delay for a year. Borders takes to the street it's, for a second it, referendum. It's really, it's really in, in in the years and years I've been doing this job. This is the most complicated, difficult, and impossible to call situation of I've ever come across and it, and it really is um, you can't what will happen in the house which has become so uh, so much like a, a madhouse it's just impossible to call um, I don't know it's like as I say my, my friend in uh, in Whitehall said F knows <laughs> and, and I can only you know second that uh, second that thought what do you what would you want to happen I think I probably want to wind the clock back two and a half years and, uh, and we think the whole thing. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. Thomas, yeah. what do you think is going to happen? You're, you have such perspicacious energy <laughs> on this stuff. Um, so I'm going to try now and come up with a long prediction. Okay. So I think... I'm going to hold you to this, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the third vote comes back, be it maybe 
as early as Friday. I think she loses, but loses by about 15 to 20. And I think that then gives her the confidence to go back to the EU and say, I need a little bit longer. And the way the EU um, last week's summit did, the, the way they layered it is that there are various little tiny moves they can make to push that date back. But how much longer? So the further they could possibly mind, move the, it back the, to... Um, the elections are on the, the June. So 23rd? June, June the 22nd is the first... That was the original date that May went to and requested it to be yeah, delayed yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. And they said, oh, no, 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 no. And Macron put his foot down. But that is... There are, within the agreement they struck last week, there are little bits that... You could theoretically, if we agreed, okay, we're not going to have anyone standing in the EU elections, we're not going to be taking part when they come, but we just need time to That's get one more. That's a big if, though. Who, who I don't think I'm comfortable with being in Europe and not taking part in their elections. Because that's what we would be, right? But then I think that's where you then get... We might be trying trend. to head out, but we wouldn't be out. So why yeah. would we not take part in the elections? That's that where would be tr- really being the... Can I say that takers. word? Probably not. No, takers, don't say yes. that word. Takers. <laughs> takers, okay. not makers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, a rule taker, not a, not a rule maker. Exactly. So I think you, don't like yeah. you then bring back... So then you get probably a true no-deal Brexit deadline. And actually... That Which would be the other side of the election. Along, would be probably June the 20th. So the EU would okay. put their foot down and say, in no uncertain terms, are you taking part in our new Europe? But if you want, if you have to, and legally, if they have to tick boxes and they have to get certain things through, obviously, if she held the vote on the 21st of June, I think they would say no chance. But I think if, they, if she needs the time to get it through, I think they have the leeway to make that the last possible. And then we get... I think that would get through. So that would be a meaningful vote for. <laughs> um, and if that got through, and we literally cr- sort of hobble ourselves into the new Brexit Britain, I'm we are genuinely then- not sure that the EU would allow us the time um, because of the election. There's, I'll have to go and check, but there's, there's almost no way we could opt out of that election or be made to opt out. It, it will be enshrined in the, the you know, the very um, cornerstones of the EU that every nation has its vote and casts its vote. But, but even if point. even if you've already triggered Article Fifty, you think but even if you're on if the you, Article Fifty process? Well, I guess nobody's really thought about this, but we're still in the EU. <laughs> I think people listen to us <laughs> expecting that we have. But okay. No, I mean, this is what this is the whole point. Right, we're, we're we're through the looking glass completely here. And that's a a real, you know, the the, the whole point about the um, European elections and somebody being one foot in, one foot out in the middle of triggering Article 50 is is something that almost certainly has not been thought of. But the legality of it needs to be thought of. And the idea of of a nation being in Europe and not voting is just untenable. But I think that's where the true no deal bit comes in. It would, we would have to change our law so that as of, Friday was meant to be the day at 11pm that we yeah. leave and it's no longer. I think we could push, it would, we theoretically, that would be the new true, you are not allowed to move past, you are officially a, a no deal nation. Oof, that's horrible. If mm. this, if mm. this Yeah, yeah, well that's stands. also, um, everyone seems to have sort of decided that no deal's not happening. I'm not convinced that that's 
ultimately going to be our decision. I think if no deal happens, it will be because the EU says it's a no deal. Yeah, and that's, and that's my that's the thing that actually, whereas the 29th of March was our previous, yep, that's our day to go. Yeah, I think this would be the EU's day of either you come up with something yeah. and you decide amongst it yourselves, or there is an official no deal, which I think would have the then the, the whole bit Theresa May has been looking for all along is the EU to to stand strong on no deal and not say, oh, we'd rather you And then she wave not... MV5 under your nose well, or whatever it yeah. would be. Yeah. And I think that vote then goes, would go through. Mm. Um, we then get through to the whole process where she probably, to make that happen, has had to stand down. We've then got the probable months-long fighting of, and the situations like we had last time where we think there's a front runner and then... Yeah. His best friend turns <laughs> like, around and says, yeah, "No, all the shade," and yeah. stabs him in the back at the last well, you've minute. Got a tip for the three thirty exit as well. <laughs> while you're there, <laughs> and and then we probably in four or five years' time, the EU turn around to us anyway and say, "Oh, actually, we want you all in or all out," and they turn around to Switzerland and Norway and say the same and we go, oh, that was an easy decision. We're not having any part to play in that. No, we'll go back in. Thomas, don't say that. We'll go back in. Five years' time, we'll be back in. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Chaps, that was great. Thanks so much for coming on. Did you enjoy yourselves? Uh, Absolute pleasure. Did it feel like therapy? I think it did for you, maybe. Uh, <laughs> it would only feel like therapy if I had a pint in front of me at the same time. <laughs> That's next time. There is, okay, there is right. talk of the next podcast being t- in a pub, producer Packwood. She's nodding enthusiastically. Answer, um, okay, well, until next time, MV3 or bust. Um, thank you, chaps, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Brexit The Final Countdown. If you like what you heard, make sure you click subscribe. And if you really enjoyed it, you could always leave us a review.